Welcome to the Build the Future podcast. My name is Cameron Weesey, and I'm your host. I've always been fascinated by the ideas and sentiment that drove American culture in the 1960s with the space race. A culture galvanized to dream about the possibilities of tomorrow. Whether it's food, transportation, cities, biology, or anything else, it was this cultural mindset rooted in optimism that the world tomorrow would be better than the world today. A mindset where people were compelled to build things, and I quote JFK, not because they were easy, but because they were hard. It's this desire to build and to dream that seems to have been lost, and something we're here to bring back. With Build the Future, we're here to promote the ideas and stories of those who see how the future can be better, and promote their plans to get us there. It's our mission to get you to dream about the possibilities of tomorrow dream about the future that you want to live in and inspire you to go build. Today we're talking with Matt Gabry, who's on the solids team over at Brightmark. And at Brightmark, they're turning plastic into renewables. So that's oil or wax that can be used for anything from transportation to, to newer plastics. Super cool company vision. So let's jump right in. I think it'd be really cool to have groups of people living, kind of co-living together, whatever they're studying. So like Duvall might have a 3D printing campus, like, you know, like they're all kind of like uh, doing the same thing. So like you want to live in close proximity to each other and then, you know, have an AI group, you have a, you know, a supersonic plane, you know, group of people like uh, anyone working on future technologies, like the suburb living, I don't know, man, it just isn't for everyone, you know? There's this physical component that, that we all seem to be neglecting, or, or rather not neglecting, but like, okay, on Twitter, right? We have this nice little like subculture of people who are doing kind of the frontier technology stuff. You have Duvall, you have Blake from Boom. You have, like Everyone's kind of working on their companies, but the only time we interact is really online, or at least it has been for the past year. I think what, what we all need is that physical environmental stimuli where it's like oh you know i walk down the down the corridor and like someone's building rockets and someone's building planes or someone's like 3d printing organs uh i think it's just like the 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 culture and the the mindset that you can kind of set up in a in a physical place is what what leads to all the innovation right this is silicon valley you know 101 (laughs) exactly yeah and i think like you i was very inspired and still am by Andreessen's piece, you know, it's time to build. And uh, man, I didn't, I never wanted to let it go. I was like, oh, this, you know, this is it. And I think we've forgotten too about not only him, but like, uh, do you know, Alan Kay, you know, the computer scientist. I think sometimes we forget about the computer science, like, you know, greats of the past. And, you know, when they, when they put something out or they have a talk, you know, I, I pay attention because I, I still think they, you know, have really set the foundation. And I, I think we just get caught up in, in the next app. And no, it's time to build an Adams again. You know, I've long, I've since 2014, 15, you know, Peter Thiel, zero to one. I, that's still my, that's still my go-to, you know, it's easy to don't get caught up in the, the fluff of uh, get rich quick. You know, there's, there's a lot of that. It's tricky because I think culturally we value like wealth equals status. Right? How much money you make equals like how important you are. And I, and I think that's that's something that at least I'm hoping we can change with 
the fair, at least a little bit, right? I think everyone should still aim to, you know, achieve economic freedom, you know, post-scarcity, but to, to do it in ways that are a bit more like not sustainable, but just like better for the world. Like where status is derived from, from what you, what you do, what impact you have versus, you know, how good you are manipulating numbers in a spreadsheet or in a database. <laughs> and that's why I'm here. You know, climate change is, is probably the biggest problem uh, that we face. And, and I wanted to jump on it and I'm making a, a big sacrifice for this. I'm taking a huge pay cut. My commute is an hour and 20 minutes every day, actually. But I think it's important. I, and, and um, you know, that's why I want to continue to do it and see it through. Because, yeah, it's time to build. So it's not going to be fun all the time, but this is what I think needs to be done. Let's jump into that. So tell me a little bit more about, about the, the work you're doing at Brightmark. Real quick, basically, it's, it's a plastics renewal company. And we are kind of the first large-scale plastics recycling plant in the country. And, and what we're doing is we can take all types of, of plastic material and turn it into a reusable fuel. A diesel fuel right now and, and a wax are two biggest like uh, products that we'll create. And um, then I always kind of explain to people that don't know. So when you look at a, like a water bottle or any, you know, plastic item you have at your house, look at not the triangle kind of symbol, but look at uh, there's a number from one to seven. I have this criminal behavior where I, I have purchased plastic water bottles and I know I need to not do it. I got one. I got <laughs> one, too. Yeah. Gen- generally, these are a one or a two. Okay, so so what does that mean for people? So that is a that's pretty good. That's that's easily recyclable. So our facility doesn't technically have you, they don't have to be here, but the problem ones are numbers three through seven, and those traditionally are not easily recyclable. So any item that is a three through seven, a lot of times ends up in landfills. The recycling infrastructure is kind of broken, very, very much broken in this country. And uh, that's why we've been sending our stuff to China and other third world countries because we, we don't know what to do with our trash. And uh, we're trying to be like leader in the country to uh, make a full circular process so that we can turn plastic not only into other fuels, but back into plastics. Oh, interesting. So before before we kind of dive into that, can just... For the, for the unacquainted, namely myself, can you just break down like what those numbers, like what that scale is, like the one through seven, and then what the different numbers mean and like, you know, what's different about like one, two and like one and two versus the three, three through seven? Yeah, it all kind of comes down to like the chemistry, the nitty gritty details of the chemistry that the plastic is. And basically it just, it boils down to the three through sevens are just harder to recycle. It's harder to turn those into valuable products that can be reused. Ones and twos are just a little bit, are, are easier to work with. We are technically a chemical recycling plant that can do all seven types and then also turn, we are making it, you know, a diesel fuel for uh, actually BP, the gas company. That really hasn't been done before. So that's kind of my zero to one reason of, of being here you know you're just trying to be a part of something that really hasn't been done before so i just want to kind of clarify so it's just like the difference between like the plastic bottle that i'm drinking out of is like so this is going to be made from certain chemicals so certain types of plastic that can then be 
decomposed probably from earth, but like broken down through some chemical process, uh, it's much more like much easier to do, or the the process is simpler than if it's like three through seven, which is going to be made from perhaps a different type of plastic, right? Yeah, like um, a lot of the common ones. Uh, so like a number six is usually your egg cartons, like styrofoam. I'd have to like really look at a sheet of like the actual chemistry, but looking at like a polyesterine and hydrocarbon, it's just generally not easily recyclable. So the, the problem is, yeah, the, these companies are just throwing them in landfills. And then obviously with that, methane is the huge uh, kind of greenhouse gas that gets emitted from landfills. So uh, that is definitely what we want to combat. Yeah. So what's the state of kind of the recycling space look like today? The common trope, at least in my circles, is like, why recycle? Because it's all getting thrown in landfills anyway. Why is that the case? So like, what's what's the issue in kind of the supply chain that prevents plastics from getting you know properly recycled? It is kind of odd because it, it varies from state to state. Every state has their own way of doing things. It's just been an, uh, kind of like an, almost anything else. It's an old institution. It's, it's just uh, probably, I think something started, you know, in the 80s, 90s. Like recycling centers just haven't been upgraded in a long time. Like chemical recycling is not anything new, but at the scale that we're doing it is kind of the first of its kind. And really the thing that hasn't been done yet before in the, the bread and the butter is a fully circular process that this water bottle yours will be like recycled and turned back into a water bottle that actually doesn't happen as much it uh, the water bottle will kind of be broken down and recycled into just other products and it just um you know what we want to get to is to be able to keep things in uh, use like reuse things so having recycling being a fully circular process is, is our mission and, and where we're trying to get to. So today, like the water bottle that I'm drinking out of would be, if it's recycled, right? So step one would be like, okay, I'm going to throw it in a recycling bin. And assuming that the state that I am in has the capacity and the infrastructure to actually recycle it instead of throwing it in a landfill, what would happen to this water bottle? There's like shredders that will shred it up. And then from there, like, I don't know about every recycling center, but yeah, shred it into kind of, you know, very, very small parts. And then it'll, other machines will kind of recombine those, kind of sent off somewhere else to be remade into something else. What we're doing, our facility it actually grinds plastic into pellets. These pellets are then, will be um, liquidized and into that that diesel fuel. Okay, so how does that work? It, it shredded down and then kind of recombined into a pellet form. So when it's pelletized, it's heated and vaporized in an uh, into an oxygen-starved environment, and then uh, that vapor then is cooled into a hydrocarbon liquid, and then then it can be used as a uh, a diesel fuel or an yeah, low sulfur diesel fuel. I guess next, what I want to say about the broad overview, you know, I really love our mission statement, which is reimagine waste. You know, it's it's not just plastic. It's, you know, there, there's food waste. Uh, there, like, the other big ones are steel, aluminum, and cement. 
are really bad carbon emitters. Really, honestly, the biggest idea that I'm obsessed with because of this company is the circular economy, where we're getting to, you know, and it's not really talked about a lot here in the U.S. It's starting to, but it's kind of a, a very much a U.K. movement. And basically, it's it's keeping all like a lot of materials in use. Like, how do we reuse a lot of different materials? Like the ones I just mentioned, steel, aluminum, cement, you know, this endless... So our linear economy is what we have now, and we, we call it a take, make, and waste economy. That's, that's what we've been doing for the last like 100 years, and it's fine. We, we obviously, America, we have progressed you know, up to this point, and now we understand that endless GDP growth and what we've been doing is just it's unsustainable to the environment. You know, we can't keep going at this rate anymore, so... What does that mean, you know, for how we uh, produce and manufacture goods? Something's got to be done. We, and, and, you know, you don't want to stop growth, um, even though there's, there's talks about that recent talks about degrowth. But uh, I think a smarter way of, of doing it is, is called, you know, yeah, this circular process. And, then, you know, yeah, these water bottles, yes, they can be easily recyclable, but too much of them, too many of them is, is causing a problem. You know, how, how easy is it is just to grab one or like five a day, you know, not many people think anything of it, but, you know, walking in a city, it'd be, it'd be good to have refill stations for, for water, whatever, you know? So Amazon go, you know, those stores, you were in Seattle, so you probably know, you know, that that's actually, well, they're not really, I don't know what they have, but I know you just check out, you kind of just check out yourself, you know, there's no employees or whatever. I would always wonder if they're going to maybe have a more sustainable grocery store, you know, will it have refill stations for certain items? You know, that would be a very, you know, reduce, reuse system that I, I'd love to see. Yeah. It's, it seems like we, we need to find a way to continue to like grow our economy, improve our, improve like just everything around us without kind of doing it so wastefully i mean we're just you know, we're probably the w- most wasteful country you know in the world and I, so i think it's up to us to really stand by this movement and uh lead this movement i think like what, what we may have to do is find a way to do it in a way that's like you know non-zero sum like that hey like cool that we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cut back here we're gonna like recycle we're gonna you know, develop better materials, but we're going to do it in a way that does not force us to slow down and conserve. In fact, like we're going to innovate our way out of, out of these challenges. I think you can have both. I think you, we can continue our growth, but do it in a smarter way. And that's um, also just better materials. And that's also why I I'm looking at a lot of uh, into quantum computing, because I think that is going to uh, open up a door to new materials, new chemistry that we haven't discovered yet. And, and if we can design everyday products with, with uh, better precision and uh, better use of materials, that's going to be a huge breakthrough. I'm definitely keeping my eye out on that. What else are you excited about? Matt? Like what's like when you, when you're like, because you're you're out in Indiana, I'm curious. Kind of what does the what does the world look like from from your lens, and then kind of what are the what are the things you latch onto as like optimistic visions of, of the future? I definitely love things like you know what you're doing, like build the future. I want to see 
I mean, almost everything in Andreessen's essay. <laughs> I just want to see also like, again, a more communal living, more um, cities without cars, like we mentioned. Well, I want to see flying cars for sure. Yeah, I definitely want to see, I, I hope some, ty- some type of UBI, I think, just that, that way, I, I want to see more freedom. I want to see people pursue more of what they want to do, be more creative, you know, get out of jobs that they don't, uh, it's not their creative passion. More fun, excitement, more festivals, more, you know, maybe, yeah, like less work hours, you know, maybe a four-day work week, things like that. And, and I think maybe this uh, circular economy movement, you know, it, it might go up to the federal level where it's like, where so our mission, Reimagine Waste, I, I think about uh, taking it all the way up there and it's like the government, you know, obviously spends a lot of money and just, just does, it, does it without question, you know, and well, I'm just, I guess I'm saying like, if, if we were smarter about how our economics worked, could we just have a lot more money left over for people uh, to pay their bills, to, to get out of debt, to have more freedom? And, and I think that goes a long way. I think uh, I, I, I like capitalism. I really do. But it is kind of, uh, I think it might be getting a kind of a runaway hyper-capitalism where we might have to do something about that. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't know if I fully <laughs> am, am embracing that. So I, I'm more for like a responsible capitalism. I, I want to see, you know, a lot of the left says tax the rich. Okay. I might agree with that, but let's, let's maybe have, you know, since it's their money, let's have uh, a say, let them say what, where their money goes. Like, I would say maybe Elon would want his money to go to uh, a DARPA fund or something. You know, if we, if we funneled it into something that was going to be pro-humanity, pro, you know, maybe we could get there. Yeah. It's funny, though, like when we, when we talk about these kind of, you know, just the ta- taxation issue, I think everyone, everyone agrees, like something in the system needs to be changed, but, but we don't have a place to have a conversation about what that change should look like. It's like, okay, yeah, like, should we tax everybody? Uh, I don't know, because, you know, the concern on, on perhaps on the on the right is where's this money actually be spent? This can be deployed properly on the left. Like, oh, we need more money. It's, it's like everyone wants the same thing. Everyone wants kind of a better, better society. They want a better country. They want better infrastructure. But there's a lot of kind of ambiguity in, in how we get there. We both spend time on Twitter. I will not quantify that as in like, you know, or put a judgment seat on, on that. It's like, oh, too much time on Twitter. But, you know, when you're on Twitter, it, it, you do kind of get that, you know, divisive worldview. But I'd be curious, in, in Indiana, do you feel like that is a divisive divisiveness has seeped off of Twitter and into like the physical public spaces? Or do you think that, you know, it's, it's a bit overblown on online? In your local community, like, how does the world feel? I think it, no, it, it is a pretty accurate representation. It, it really is. It, it's, you know, it's easier to be a little bit more out, outspoken online because you're just sitting in front. But no, it, it's, um, you know, Indiana is a very red state, you know, and um, I, I think 
what happens too is is uh, the Midwest in general, I think, is very disconnected from the coasts, and uh, that's a problem. I am a proud Midwestern, but I also really want to get to San Francisco. Uh, you know, that our company is headquartered there, but I, I don't know what to do about that. It seems like you know Chicago. It's that stands on its own. I guess that's kind of like a New York or or. Uh, LA, but um, the Midwest is just, it's very behind, and I don't want to say behind, it's just, it's different, it's a different culture, and and there's a lot of, you know, not, I don't know, hatred, but just tech, techno kind of like uh, agnostic, you know, people don't like tech or don't care about it, and um, I also think that's, that's an issue, Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what to do about uh, coming together, and and what what could we all agree on is is going to be a challenge for sure. It is strange. We we have the kind of tech developments and the you know all all the stuff on on the coast, but it's kind of not been uh, has not filtered back to the rest of the country. I don't know. I, I think like obviously we want all cities, whether you're on the coast or you're in smack dab in the middle of the states in north dakota right <laughs> like like everyone should benefit from the prosperity in our in our economy and in the kind of development of all these new innovative technologies we just haven't seen them kind of trickle in from the coast and i think one of the things that i'm excited about for the next decade couple of decades is is that kind of growth and development of the midwest honestly it's like there's like plenty of space there. We can do incredible things. Like imagine taking like Indianapolis and like upgrading it. It'd be amazing because it's a good place to live. Seemingly. I haven't spent much time out there, but yeah, I'm hoping with, uh, you know, tech tech was honestly, I think it was hard to get into, you know, coding is not easy and, and um, I've struggled with it. But uh, especially your your rural farmer community, you know they they're they're not going to learn to code a lot of them, and so they felt disconnected from you know good jobs, good paying jobs, and it all like so that's that's created a lot of the divide. But I think I think the rebirth of manufacturing. I think we're entering in. So I I, I consider where I'm at this new recycling plant it's a good green climate job and, and people are really proud to be here. And, and it's great. I work with people of all different types. Uh, some didn't graduate high school. Some have college degrees and uh, it, it's, you need that sense of mission. And if we can get that and then, um, you know, something like, uh, you know, Delion uh, for like Varda space, do you, you know, oh, yeah, founders fund. Yeah, yeah found, I mean, man, you know, get that going and build a plant somewhere here in the Midwest. You know, uh, there's plenty of people that'd be proud to be a part of that. You know, that that's why it's time to build. There should be so much more of those types of things. You know, a flying car company. You know, uh, a uh, something where where the typical kind of blue collar person can can actually get get into that, you know. How do you think about like kind of the, the stuff you you see online, right? Some of the, the tech innovation. How do you think we can take that like those like concepts and translate them in ways that is much like will will enable kind of the, the blue collar 
worker to be like, oh, this is amazing. I see this is how I see how this is going to like impact my life. I see how this is like this is the way forward. Like this is exciting. And I want to work on like how do you think we can bridge that gap? I think you just really have to uh, get out in the field and, and, and talk to people, talk to, you know, the, in their community. Uh, what do they want? What do they care about and value? Speaking from like a UX point of view, which I, I studied and I, that, that's just, that's just how you do it. You have to really, you can't assume you just really have to go and ask. And um, it may not be something that they care about. You know, you may just get your, get the door shut in your face and, who knows? But um, I, I think hopefully people are willing to listen and with an open mind. And because, uh, like, look, everyone wants to thrive. Everyone does want a, a more wealth, prosperous life. Uh, we we may have different ways to get there, but I think we all want to be included and have a voice and feel like, you know, we matter. From the leadership standpoint, I I, I want uh, I, I do feel strongly about Biden and Harris. I, I do. I, I want maybe them to kind of reach out to the American people through Twitter. I mean, Twitter or some kind of social media just to get democracy working again is is just reaching out and asking and people and how can they get involved? What are these? like the new jobs plan that he announced, okay, what is that going to be? And, and when is it going to happen? People want, I've, I've been kind of been seeing, you know, kind of a mass exodus of like restaurant retail jobs. Uh, it's kind of sad to see, but you know, there, I think people are tired of the low wages and, and kind of unmeaningful, you know, work. So yeah, we, we've got to build back stronger is his campaign. And, and so hopefully they have some tangible ways of, of reaching out, you know. Most people just tend to ignore the rest of the, the country. Wait a minute. No, like, we're all part of this thing. Like, we all should be thriving and prospering. It shouldn't just be like, oh, if you live in New York or San Francisco, you're going to prosper. And if you live anywhere else, you're like, shit out of luck. It's like, no, no, absolutely not. Like, no matter what city you live in, no matter, like, who you are, where you've come from, you should be able to kind of, you know, lean back into the the old like American ideal, like the, the American ideology, which is like opportunity and progress. And you can go make something for yourself and like you can thrive and your your community can thrive. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of work that we need to do, but there are people who care to help us get there. Yes, I, I agree. And, uh, and if you are a person that cares, you know, Thankfully, we have social media. We have Twitter. If you, I mean, if you really want it, you got to have a Twitter presence, you know, tweet daily, uh, find the people that you want to emulate, you know, they're just a DM away or uh, TikTok, you know, get started on that. I mean, there are ways to do it. It's just how hungry are you, you know? Cool. Hey, Matt, like any, any kind of last things that are kind of top of mind for you or calls to action you want to kind of give out to people and then where can people find you in bright mark a couple of things i guess uh just maybe a call to action is to uh try to be a little bit mindful of your you know plastic use habits and uh you know if you're look into your local recycling um infrastructure and and uh every time you got an item just kind of look at that number and and see you know what do you think is going to happen and uh then from there, if you're really passionate about it, yeah, call your senator, uh, call your local representative, um, 
Cam, I, I share your vision for uh, the World's Fair and, and it, trying, I, I want to stay in touch, stay involved. And, uh, you know, it's just gonna, I'm still always going to be inspired by, you know, it's time to build and uh, we got to innovate in the world of atoms, you know, and not just bits. So uh, that that's what keeps me going. And um, yeah, so yeah, I'm on Twitter at uh, very active on there, Matt Gabry one. And then brightmark.com is, is our site. So if you want to check out more, feel free. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Build the Future podcast. If you're building and want to get support, want to hear about certain topics or hear from certain people, shoot us over an email to hello at buildthefuturepodcast.com or follow me, Cameron, on Twitter at Cam Weesey, and we'll see what we can make happen. That's it from us. Until next time, go build.